0: Welcome to our online campus. We are so glad you are joining us today. We want you to know that we are a church that is for you and we believe God is too. Take a moment before we get started to grab a coffee and invite a friend to join you online. You can do that by clicking the blue button under the video or by texting them our link, gracefreechurch.live. If you are new here, click the gray connect button. We would love to connect with you and add you to our email list so you don't miss out on anything going on at Grace. We also have a gift for you. Use the chat section on this page so you can engage in our online community. Feel free to jump in, we'd love to hear from you. We're about to get started with worship and then a message from God's word that will make sense for your life, followed by a few more songs. Please know that we are praying for you, we are here for you, and we are excited to worship our God together.
1: Just one word, you come a storm that surrounds me. Just one word, the darkness has to retreat. Oh just one touch, I feel the presence of head. Just one touch. My eyes were open to see. My heart can't help but believe. There's nothing that our God can't do. There's not a mountain that He can't move. Oh, praise the name that makes a way. There's nothing that our God can't do. Oh, just one word you heal what's broken inside me. Just one word and you revive every dream. Just one touch, I feel the power faith arise let all agree there's no power like the power of jesus
2: good
1: every breath we could ever breathe. We live for you. Oh, we live for you.
3: we thank you so much for your love for us and no matter who we are no matter how we come into this place you meet us right where we are there's some people this morning that just need some encouragement some strength we know that you promised that for us so I pray that no matter who we are no matter what life looks like that this morning these moments would be moments where my voice isn't heard but your voice is heard through your word that's what's most important That's why we're gathered here together. We just pray that you would knit our hearts closer to you and closer to each other in these moments. In Jesus' name, amen. I have a message for you today called On the Edge of What's Next. What a catchy little title for the start of 22, On the Edge of What's Next. and While I don't know what's next for you, what I want to talk to you about from a passage in the book of Joshua is how to be ready for whatever is next, whatever you are on the edge of, whatever is next, whatever 2022 holds in store for you. I believe that God's Word in Joshua chapter 1 has some absolutely incredible lessons and and um, important truths for us to kind of grab a hold of and sink deep into our hearts this morning. So I'm just going to start by reading from scripture to you, jo- Joshua chapter one and verse one through nine. Um, we're gonna hit a lot of other verses this morning. If you have your pens, just have them ready. If you're a note taker, God loves you more than everybody else. That's not true. I should not say things like that. Why have I not learned that already? God loves you unconditionally, <laughs> whoever you are. I just like you more. If you- no, just, that's not true either. I like plenty of people that don't take notes. Um, if you don't have a Bible, we love giving away Bibles. Uh, we give them away every week. You can see somebody from our welcome team on your way out, um, or just ask me or any of our staff members. We'd be glad to hook you up with a Bible. They're great to write in. If I use the YouVersion app on my phone, when I'm not using a paper, paper Bible, it's a great app. It's free. Um, you might want to dig into one of those. Steal Bible if you can. I mean, maybe not if you can. If you have to, I, I don't know if that's the right way to say it either. If you want to just grab a Bible and sneak out, just make sure it doesn't have somebody's name on the front of it. That's all. Don't be stealing. Don't be stealing from your neighbor. <laughs> Steal from us. I, that did not come out at all like I wanted it to come. You, you get the point, though, because you're the 11 o'clock crew, and on some levels, you just get me more than anybody else in the world. All right. All right. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, this is a big deal. I don't know if you know who Moses is. Moses is a big, big deal, leader of the nation of Israel, God's servant. Incredible stuff happened in the life of Moses. The Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' aide, Moses, my servant, is dead now then. I have that, that now then circled in my Bible. Now then. We're so used to saying, now what? Like, now what? God says, now then. You and all these people get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land I'm about to give them to the Israelites. I will give you every place where you set your foot as I promised Moses. Your territory will extend from the desert to Lebanon, And from the great river, the Euphrates, all the Hittite country to the Mediterranean Sea in the west. No one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and courageous. Meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Things were shifting for Joshua. In dramatic fashion. Sometimes things shift in dramatic fashion like they did for Joshua. And sometimes the shift we face in life in a new year as we transition from one thing to the next are more subtle. But like learning to drive a stick shift,
1: <laughs>
3: it can cause a lot of damage. Like I don't, I don't know if you, when I grew up a couple of years ago, like <laughs> one of the rules my dad had when I was learning to drive One of the rules he should have had when I was learning to drive is, whatever you do, don't drive like me. He was a terrible driver. We would carpool on the way to Teener League games, and my friends would get out and be like, is everything all right with your dad? Was he drinking this morning or something? Like, no, he doesn't drink. Well, okay, my dad said, your dad must be drunk because he's swerving all over the road. (laughs) He was a terrible driver. But one of the things he taught us when we were learning how to drive is one of the rules he had was, you have to learn stick shift. It was just one of the rules. I don't even know if you can find a stick shift vehicle out there in the world anymore if they exist. My kids don't even know what they look like. But for us, back in the day, We had to learn stick shift. He would start us off easy, right? Like, we'd be cruising around the parking lot at the school. All your parents know, like, that's the first target for taking your kids with their permit. Cruising around the the school parking lot. Then we get on, like, flat roads. And this is 19, I don't know, something Dodge Omni. And never seemed to have a muffler that worked right. So you always felt like a real tough guy driving to school because it was like, ripping, you know, like, it sounded really cool. We always got mad when dad fixed it because then it wouldn't make any cool noise anymore. But I was learning in this Dodge Omni, it had the, like the, I don't know what it is, the hood bra, is that what it's called? I don't know, something really like piece of leather on the front of it. I don't know what that's, what that's for. But uh, we'd be driving in and eventually he would like ease us up and without warning he would take us to this one intersection of Pottsville. Now you're going to get mad because I don't know what the name of the intersection is. I just know when you're driving off 61, heading up to the courthouse, you hit that one red light where you're like stuck on a hill. Don't email me the intersection. I get lost going home from the back roads, right? Like if I step into Rock, you know where Rock is? I get lost every time in rock. I don't know what they grow in rock, but it totally messes up my sense of direction. Like... we would pull up to that hill right in the red light. There'd be cars behind you. You'd start sweating, right? Like I'd start sweating. You're like, got the clutch and the brake in. You don't wanna let go of the brake. You gotta leave the clutch halfway in and then slam on the gas. You're peeling out. The car behind you is like, what in the world is going on? Like you're taking off the car like jerk forward. You just didn't want it to stall. It was a complete disaster, right? Like you'd hear gears grinding sometimes when we were learning learning to drive, and it was a terrifying experience, kind of like when you're standing on the edge of what's next in life and you're facing a shift. It can be a very frightening, frightening experience. Sometimes the damage that you face when things change in life is as dramatic as when the gears are grinding when you're learning how to drive stick shifts. Sometimes it's more subtle, like when you're just burning out the clutch, because the real joke was on my dad. Uh, I burned through two clutches in four months. (laughs) And he said, you know what? I don't know if this was a good idea. Maybe you don't need to learn how to drive stick shift. (laughs) Oh, yeah. When you're facing a shift in life, it can be a a frightening thing. You can be sweating it out, like not sure how things are going to turn out, not sure what's next, how it's going to look, How this year is going to be different. What challenges you're going to face. There could be all kinds of uncertainty that floods into your life. Like here Joshua is, he is on the sh facing a shift of titanic proportions in his life. Moses was the closest person on the planet to him. He loved Moses, he had been with Moses every day, learning from Moses, he went up on the mountain halfway when Moses went up and saw the glory of God and came back down with the, with the Ten Commandments. He, he stood outside the tent of Moses when everybody else was forced to stay in the camp, guarding Moses and listening in to Moses as Moses interacted with God. They had been through so much together. Joshua had been there since slavery in Egypt and crossing the Red Sea and following the clouds uh, by day and the fire by night. I mean, Joshua and Moses were tight. They had seen some stuff. And here Joshua is stepping in to a whole new chapter of his life, having just lost the one person he would have leaned on the most, the one person he trusted, the one advisor whose counsel he would have always listened to. Not only that, but his one truest, closest friend. Talk about some impossible feelings. Maybe you're feeling some impossible feelings as you shift into whatever is next for you. Maybe your impossible feelings are the anxiety that just keeps you up at night, running through scenario after scenario, plan after plan. Maybe you're facing some impossible feelings because like Joshua, like me, as you transition into a new year, you find yourself having lost something that meant so much. Maybe that loss is a person. Maybe that loss is a relationship. Maybe that loss is a dream or a job or a sense of security. You're stepping into something new and you're facing some impossible feelings because You just find it tougher and tougher to get out of bed. The depression, the cloud it puts on your life, it just seems to be all-consuming these days. The normal things that gave you joy don't seem to give you joy anymore. And you're struggling to find happiness again, to find some, some life in life. Impossible feelings. I don't know, maybe you're wrestling with Impossible feelings of anger as you're consumed by bitterness and holding on to the past. I don't know. Maybe you're facing some impossible feelings as you shift into whatever's next. Maybe you're just facing an impossible task or two. I mean, Joshua knew about these people God was telling him to lead. They were the most ungrateful, the worst followers, the most frustrating. They complained about everything. They were like two weeks out of Egypt. That's not a literal two weeks, a figurative two weeks out of Egypt. And they're like, things aren't going good here, Moses. We should be slaves again. Let's go. You should have left. A, a, why did you bring us from Egypt out into freedom? This is a terrible idea, a terrible plan. God would provide them with food and they would complain about the food. They were just constantly grumbling and complaining and Frustrating, and they had to be one of the toughest groups of people to lead. And here, Joshua is handed the keys to the minivan. No pullovers allowed. You can't kick anybody out of the van. You got to make it all the way across the Jordan into the promised land with this. Rat. It had to be like herding cats. You got cats? Try hurting them. It had to be like, I don't know, teaching middle school. Middle, they say middle school is the roughest. such an awkward time, and I can't imagine what life is like for middle school teachers these days. It was like the hardest, one of the hardest tasks you could imagine this, this group of people that he was now tasked to lead. Maybe you're facing some impossible tasks. You, you got some stuff you gotta do. You don't know how you're gonna do it. The debt has like cranked up, and all of a sudden, it slipped out of your control. You don't go to the mail, right, because you don't want to see the credit card bills that are piled up. You're like thinking, I don't know, what, what now? Uh, I don't know how to deal with this. This is an impossible task. How, how is this not gonna crush me? Maybe you're dealing with an impossible task if you look at your health or whatever. I don't know, maybe you got impossible tasks as you try to unbear yourself at your job or your work or with your business. Maybe you got impossible tasks as you're trying to figure out the schedule, right? Like, I'm looking at my calendar. Have you done this yet this year? Look, we sat down yesterday and we looked at the calendar for the first three months and I'm like, That's an impossible, there's two of us. Like, how are we going to be in four places at one time? There's two of us. I don't, it seems like an impossible task. Maybe you're facing some impossible tasks and you're just like, I don't know. Now what am I supposed to do? Joshua also had some impossible obstacles to face. Not only did he have to wrestle with his impossible feelings and the possible task of leading an impossible group of people. Some of you are like, yes, that's my Thanksgiving dinner, like when the family comes over. Not only that, but he had some impossible obstacles that lied in front of him. It wasn't the first time that they stood on this side of the Jordan River peering over into the promise that God had given them. It wasn't the first time that they stood on as a nation, the edge of God's wonderful and amazing promise for them. Last time they stood here, Moses sent some spies over into the land to scope it out do a little reconnaissance, put together a scouting report, figure out, you know, who's playing. This land was one where those 10 of those spies, everyone except Joshua and Caleb came back and said, no way. These people are the worst people. They're the worst people on the planet. Not only are they the worst, but they're big. They're huge. Like these they eat, they like destroy people for breakfast. They eat glass and stuff. It's a mess, you know. We can't go over there and fight these people. They'll annihilate us. Uh, impossible obstacles on the other side. The worst of the worst. Some, sometimes people, they, they reference the book of Joshua when they're trying to tell me like, if you believe in God, how could you believe in this God? There's some terrible stuff that happens in the book of Joshua and I get it, like, what, you fa- what people fail to understand is the history of God's grace and provision was also for the people that were the Gentiles and that he had been pushing them out and sending word and giving warning for 40 years to this group while Israel walked around the desert giving them time to clear out. And what you had left in the promised land was the worst of the worst, the people who had refused to listen to God's direction. Rahab knew about these Israelites and knew knew about their God long before they ever showed up in Joshua chapter two. It was an impossible obstacle. Crossing this river, walking into this land, having to do battle. These weren't warriors, God's people. Impossible obstacles. And maybe you face some impossible obstacles Two, impossible obstacles of broken relationships, impossible obstacles of trying to find your purpose and meaning, possible obstacles of dealing with, oh, just tons, tons of obstacles. Whatever impossible thing you face in 2022, Joshua throws us a couple reminders right away. The first is this, don't let whatever you face this next year steal the promise God has for you. It had threw a big halt on the promise last time they stood here. Instead of trusting God to step into the impossible and to lead them through what seemed impossible to them, They balked. And the consequences of their refusal to trust God led to a 40 year delay on them experiencing the promise God had laid out. I wonder how many times I've let my fear steal the promise, throw the delay on the promise that God had ready for me. I wonder how many times my disobedience has delayed what God has had for me. Don't let the uncertainty that comes because of the impossible situations you face, because of things shifting in your life, don't, don't let it steal your promise. And, and here's the other thing that I think we get right out of this, is don't look at what you face in a vacuum. This would have been overwhelming what if if Joshua was listening to God like my kids listen to me <laughs> right like I listen to other people he'd have been like glazed over in the first thirty seconds. You know the look. Could you know the look, right? Like you're telling them something important. All they hear is like, oh man, the first thing sounds terrifying. And we start spinning it through like looking at it in the vacuum. It's just us. Okay. I gotta lead these people across this river. Like it's easy to look at that in a vacuum and think it's just me. I gotta face whatever I gotta face alone. I don't know how I'm gonna get through this. I gotta pick myself up by the bootstraps, figure it out. I don't have anybody. To ask anymore. I gotta face this alone. I don't, all I see is a river, and all I see on the other side of the river are giants. I don't know how I'm gonna get through this looking at life through a vacuum, but Joshua didn't have to look at the challenges in a vacuum. He wasn't alone. This wasn't his first rodeo. The Jordan wasn't the first river he would walk across. On dry land he had been there from Egypt to now he had seen God do some things and he could have been saying what you could be saying right now if God got me this far he's gonna get me through what's next he didn't bring me all this way from Egypt He didn't rescue me from that slavery or that bondage or that hardship to let me die on the edge of what he has next for me. He got me this far. I remember those days where I didn't know where we were going to go or where we were going to end up. And there was this cloud, this pillar of cloud that we followed during the day. I remember the pillar of fire at night when things seemed darkest and hopeless and lost. I remember the conversations he had with Moses. I remember watching Moses lift his staff up to the sky and experiencing victory on the ground. I remember, I remember that God got me this far. You Don't don't look at what you face in a vacuum void of God. Maybe what you face is challenging, really seems impossible. I bet there are some things in your past that you looked at before And felt the same impossible feelings. Thought the tasks seemed just as impossible. Thought the obstacles seemed like they could never be overcome. He wasn't looking at this situation in a vacuum thinking, I'm all alone. He was reminded and knew that God was with him. Don't let... Your circumstances this year steal the promise that God has and don't look at life and the challenges you face in the middle of a vacuum. You are not alone. You do not have to face what you have to face next alone. Not only is God with you, but he provides people to walk through this journey with you. You scroll down to the end of the chapter and there's this group of people that Had worked out like they they had they were farmers they had large flocks they were called the Reubenites the Gadites and half a tribe of Manasseh, and it's a long story and a sermon for another day but they had worked out a deal not like it worked out like negotiated a deal they had the desire of their heart was that they wanted to keep land to the east of the Jordan before they crossed because it was awesome land for sheep I think you know like they had large herds of sheep and I don't know what's good for sheep grazing I think they eat anything but whatever was good on the east side of they didn't want to cross and and they had God had given them the desire of their hearts through Moses and said you can you can settle here but you have to go through and help protect the rest of the nation as they cross and you know what their last words to Joshua were We'll do it. I mean, it's longer than that. You can read it at the end of Joshua. The very last words they said to Joshua as Joshua said, hey, you can have this land, but I need your warriors to cross over and help protect us as we cross over the Jordan. Then they can come back and settle, and this land is yours as God had promised. Their last words were, be strong and courageous. It was an echo of what God had been saying to Joshua all along. You see, he brings people in your life to affirm his words for you. God had been saying, be strong and courageous, be strong and courageous, and if God's saying it to you at the start of what's next, he will bring some people into your life to come alongside you, to walk alongside you, who will echo and remind you of his words and presence. They won't even know they're doing it but they'll be saying be strong and courageous too. <sighs> Joshua is facing in the, the impossible and, and he just knew, right? He had seen it and, and maybe you need this reminder that nothing is too hard for God. It may be too hard for you, but nothing is too hard for God. Scripture is full of these reminders. Mary said it in Luke, after the angel had told him that, she told her that she would give birth to the son and that this son was the Messiah, just Jesus. She said this. She said, "No word of God will ever fail." Matthew said. Jesus said it in the book of Matthew in chapter nineteen, right? Like with man, this is impossible, but with God, nothing is impossible. God says, now then, this is what I'm going to do. Are you with me? You see, it's impossible for you to overcome the obstacles that you face by yourself. It's impossible for you to sort through the impossible feelings that you will face by yourself, the impossible task. It's okay that it seems impossible to you because it is, but with God, whatever you face and whatever you have to walk through becomes possible with God. God, he says, now then. We say, now what am I gonna do? God says, now then, this is what I'm gonna do through you if you'll just come with me for the ride, if you'll just trust me as you step into the Jordan, if you just walk with me as I lead you into battle. Whatever's next, whatever you face, if you just are with me, nothing will be impossible. Every place you step, I will have been there first. Every battle you face, victory is already waiting because of what I have said and what I will do. The shift we need is a shift from self to reliance on God no matter what we face. I got a couple of things here just to wrap up this talk. Here, four things here at the end of this. And the first thing is, it's time. It's time to move from stuck to living in the promises of God. Here's, here's the hardest thing, right? Like anytime you talk about the promises of God, you know what most of us have to do? We gotta Google it, <laughs> By the way, be careful what you read on the internet. Not everything on there is, I don't know if you know this or not, but you can't believe everything you read on the internet, right? Like, you gotta verify that crap. It's it's not not like, don't take it at, like, face value. We don't know the promises of God. And here's the thing, I don't know what he has ordained for you this year, but I know the promises that you don't have to wait for. Here's some, Write these references down. This is just the tip of the iceberg. I just dropped a little painting my son drew for me that I keep in this Bible every time. That's pretty cool. Um, Ephesians 3, 14 through 16, God promises to strengthen you. In Matthew eleven twenty eight 28 through 30, Jesus promises rest for you. Those two things sound like enough for me, strength and rest. That'll get me through this whole week, right? Like Matthew 6, Philippians 14, or Philippians 4:19, "God promises to take care of all your needs. It might not be all you want, but it will be all you need. In Romans 8, we get the promise, one of my favorite promises, that no matter what you're facing in all things, God will work for your good and for His glory. In Psalm 91, two, we get the promise that God will protect us. In 1 John 1, 9, John 8, 36, we get the promise of freedom from sin. In Romans 8, we get the promise that there's nothing that can separate you from God's love. And number two, in this point, in this passage, is you're never alone. In John 1, 8, the promise that you don't have to wait for That God reminded Joshua of that he will never leave you nor forsake you. Yet some of us feel like he already has left us and he has forsaken us. Thank God that his promises don't rely on our feelings. Thank God his promises are not dictated by our circumstances. As Ryan Grace, Tremont campus pastor, said a couple weeks ago in his sermon, God is not changing. He is the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow, whatever you face. And so you are never alone. He will never forsake you. He promises to be with you. And even more than that, he gives us his spirit to reside in us. In John 14, Jesus is like, I'm out. He didn't say it like that. But the disciples took it like that. They were like freaking out. Here Jesus is saying all these weird things about how he's going to leave, go to heaven. They're going to be on their own. They're like, time out. That's not why we gave up three years of our life. We've been following you. What's next? It shouldn't be you leave us here. Don't ghost us, Jesus. We got stuff to do. We're not ready for what's next. And Jesus says, I have to go. I have to go so that the advocate, the Holy Spirit, will come. Now listen to these words in John 14, 26. But the advocate, in other, in, you could say it like this, in other translations, if you've got a different translation you're looking up, this is a great verse to like study the meaning of this word advocate. It could say this, the comforter, the helper, the intercessor, the strengthener, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. If you have given your life and faith to Jesus, he has given you his spirit to dwell in you. It's the comfort when comfort seems like an impossible thing. It's the peace you feel when your circumstances would give you anything else except peace. It's the voice that you sense sometimes whisper and sometimes shouting, you're off course. Come back, go to church, listen to me. Don't let your circumstances steal the promises of God. You're never alone. Not only is God always with you and never will forsake you, not only has he given you his spirit for all those who are his children, but he surrounds you with his people. The third thing I think is so important is that God reminds Joshua on the brink of what's next that he has a playbook for success. It says in Joshua 1... Verse 7, be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left that you may be successful wherever you go. So many people are changing that. It's the word that drives the top 10 New York Times bestseller list. We're all hungry for success. We all want to prosper. We all want 2022 to be more prosperous and more successful than 2021. We want to step into our purpose and our meaning and Feel the, the success and excitement of that kind of life. We want to know that our best days are ahead of us and our worst days are behind us. And here, as Joshua is on the edge of what's next, the reminder God gives to him right after saying, I will be with you and you never will be alone, is that you have this playbook. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Not just when things are bad and you want to flip to the concordance and look up I'm frustrated and see what verses apply. I do it too. Not just when things are tough or when you're frustrated. Keep this book always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. In 2 Timothy 3, 16-17, it says, All Scripture is God-breathed and useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, training, so that the servant of God may be, listen to this, thoroughly equipped for every good work. It means you're ready for whatever's next. This book is like alive. It is. It's God-inspired. It's his voice for you. And sometimes it gets confusing and hard to read, and there's some challenging stuff in it. But when you see the whole picture of what God is saying to you through this book, you see this perfect picture of God revealed to us in Christ, and you start to understand that every page in it was pointing to Jesus, every story in it was pointing to Jesus and his rescue of You, man, it's a a playbook for life is an understatement. And the key to success and prosperity doesn't even begin to capture how God will use this to free your soul and instill in you hope and peace and joy. God made you he has been with you and he has prepared you for what's next. This reminder by God was a reminder to Joshua that everything he had been through, all of the late night talks with Moses, all of the listening in outside the tent as God met with him, climbing the hill, crossing the Red Sea, fighting the battles, wandering through the wilderness, all of it had prepared him for what God has next. And here's the last thing. Whatever it is you face in this next year, you have what you need. Not only is God with you, not only has God gone before you, but he has also prepared you He's been working in your life even when you didn't know who he was, even when you didn't acknowledge it. He has been preparing you through your past circumstances, through relationships, through challenges, through obstacles, through grief, through all of it. He has been preparing you for whatever it is that he has for you this next year. And you can be strong and courageous because of who he is. And what he's done in you, and what he's going to do through you, no matter what shifting happens in your life, no matter what challenge is next for you. The question is will you just follow him to it and through it? Let's pray. God, we're so thankful that you are with us. That promise alone should bring strength to the weary, hope to the hopeless, light to those stuck in darkness. No matter who we are, no matter what life has looked like, you are with us every day and you will be with us every day going forward. We're so thankful that great is your faithfulness even when we are unfaithful that what you have promised will come true
4: we trust you in jesus name amen good morning grace family and friends we are so glad you have joined us to worship at our online campus I want to take a moment and talk a bit about why we as a church encourage giving. Did you know that giving is considered an act of worship? It's true. Paul addressed the Philippian church on this very thing. In Ephesians four eighteen through 19, Paul states, I have received full payment and have more than enough. I am amply supplied now that I have received from Epaphroditus the gifts you sent. They are a fragrant offering, an acceptable sacrifice, pleasing to God, Paul, of course, is referring to their offerings here. Paul continues, and my God will meet all your needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. Paul used these gifts to further the mission of spreading the good news of Jesus Christ. And just like Paul, our mission at Grace Free Church is to share this good news throughout Schuylkill County. We want you to be a part of this mission as well. By partnering with us, we can reach the people of Schuylkill County. In fact. We can't do it without you. You may be thinking, how, how do I partner with Grace Free Church? Well, one way is through giving. We made this partnership process very simple. In fact, we have several methods to assist you in joining this mission. You can mail your gift to the church, you can text your gift to 570-528-2060, or you can give online by clicking the Give Online button on this page. The Give Online button also has a recurring giving option, which is a great way to schedule your gift giving. We appreciate you and are excited to see what God has in store for this church.
1: How great the chasm Or through the shadows of my soul, the work is finished, the end is written. Jesus Christ, thy living. Could fathom such boundless grace? The God of ages stepped down from glory to wear my sin and bear my shame. The cross has spoken. I am. For Savior, I'm yours forever. Jesus Christ, my life. Declared the grave as no claim on.
0: Thanks for joining us for this service. We hope and pray it was meaningful for you. We want you to know that we are for you and God is for you too. We will be putting out a ton of great content to help you through the week. You can check all of that out by following us on social media or making sure we have your email address by clicking the connect button. We hope you know you are loved here, but way more importantly, God loves you. Have a great week.